Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And by Yext, the global location data management center helping companies of all sizes manage their business listings across their website, apps, and 100 plus publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined, as per usual, by my special Texas friend. He is the one, the only, the executive strategist for Salesforce Marketing Cloud, hailing from the great city of Austin, Texas, the one, the only, Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, how are you? It is great to be here. I am talking to you from Austin, Texas. It is great for me to be home. I've been on the road, Chicago, New York, and New Jersey, Atlantic City, actually, yesterday, which was interesting. I'd never been to Atlantic City before. Have, have you been to that fair city? Not only have I been there, they were at one point a client. Uh, we did uh, social strategy for Atlantic City tourism for a while. So I have, in fact, been there. Well, I tell you, I was impressed. I don't know what I was expecting, but I uh, was really impressed with that fair city. I had a great time, stayed at the Borgata Beautiful place, beautiful place, beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a very cool scene down there. They have a lot to do. It was a uh, we should do a, a show about this someday. We were representing them, and we had just gotten the business. And like two weeks later, was Superstorm Sandy, where the oh, whole place man. just yeah. like basically went into third world country phase for about two months. Uh, so Instagram becomes a lot less important when people can't get their power on or anything else. It was a good perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Priorities. I'm super fired up about today's guest. Uh, like we talk to authors on the show uh, on occasion when we feel like it's a book that makes sense for our audience. And while the book we're going to talk about today isn't uh, per se a social media book, uh, the author is very much uh, a social media superstar. And I really, really recommend this book. I'm so glad that we got a chance to read it before we had him on. And look, I've read a lot of business books and written a lot of business books, but this book is going to change a lot of people's lives, not just in business, but in their life overall. I'm a huge fan of it. And I'm a huge fan of this guy, one of the best people I know, Mr. Dave Kirpin, who's the CEO of Likeable Local, chairman of Likeable Media, and the best-selling author, the New York Times best-selling author of many, many books, including his brand new book that I really cannot recommend to you highly enough, The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything You Want. What I want is to hear from you. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for that intro, Jay. It is awesome to be on the show with you guys. And uh, we should have done this earlier, man, but I'm so glad to get together finally. And uh, you guys have an awesome vibe going on. And your intro was way, way, way too kind. So thank you so much. Great to be here. Uh, It probably was, but you deserve it, my man. It's okay. It's okay. So what I love about this book, okay, like you people, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this show, which is, you know, this show is crushing it. Uh, Numbers are are through the roof. Now in our fifth season, we keep getting bigger and bigger, which is really great to see. And thanks to everybody who listens every week. Um, 
many of you, I'm sure, have read Dave's other books or familiar with his companies or his amazing wife, uh, Carrie, and her shows and, and their business likable. Um, why did you decide to write this book? I'm, I'm, it's really interesting. Uh, people say, hey, Jay, how come you wrote a customer service book? I say to you, hey, how come you wrote a book about people when you've always been in the social media software business? Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. You know, what happened was I wrote my first book, Likeable Social Media, and uh, it, it was, it was, I was very, very uh, fortunate for that book to be a huge success. And but as I as I w- went about talking about the book and, and writing about the book, I realized that a lot of the skills that I talked about really didn't just apply to social media, but they applied to business in general. So I went on to write a, a likable business, which sort of took some of those same skills and, and talked about them in more of a social business type uh, uh, context. And then again, I realized, wow, wait a minute. These things aren't just great for social media or business. Like these are good skills for life. And and let me write a book that's even broader because I really think I, I and hope I can help a lot of people. And so that's exactly what the art of people is about. It's about taking some uh, some basic skills, understanding people, listening to people, uh, connecting with people, communicating with people, co- resolving conflict with people, etc., and, and 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 helping apply them not only to to work si- to business situations, but you know your career in general, relationships at home. Even I mean, you read the book, so you know that uh, for better or for worse, there's a lot of in there. I, I you know I, I talk about uh, conflict with my wife. I talk about you know my first date, <laughs> which was a disaster, by the way. You know I talk about things that. Are, you you know, really do get personal, but hopefully through those stories, um, you know, we, we, we can, we can uh, uh, get some skills out there that will help, help people. Well, one of the things that's really cool about this book is, is it's not, it's not just one narrative arc. Um, you and I have talked about this, Dave, Adam and I have talked about on the show many, many times um, that, that people don't read anymore and that the, the unit of measure, sort of the atomic unit of content now is shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, a two minute video. Now, if you watch a two minute video, it seems like about like it seems like a mini series. It feels like eight hours. Uh, and you wrote a book that's very much like that. It's it's 53 short tips. Each tip is a couple of pages. Uh, and then each tip in the book has what you call fast, which is the first action steps to take. And so you you don't have to read this book all the way through. You can, you know, you got five minutes, you got 10 minutes, uh, you're between meetings, uh, you know, you're just kind of hanging, you can knock out two or three tips, let it sink in, uh, get some advice from Dave on how to get started to actually put those tips into practice in your life and then set it aside and then come back. And I think that's really, really smart. I presume that you did that intentionally. I know your previous books weren't necessarily formatted like that. What What caused you to write a book that's so chopped up like that? Yeah, great question. I definitely did it intentionally, although frankly, a lot of it is, is selfish, Jay, because I, 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 um, I, I wrote the book that I really would want to read, and frankly, the book that I would be able to read. Um, you know, I, people just don't have time now. I mean, I, certainly during my nearly forty years on the planet, I've never had a time uh, where I felt that people were busier and busier as they are now. So it, it, I just wanted to write something that, to your point, people would be able to digest. Uh, if, if you want to, you know, binge watch like Netflix style and go all weekend, of course you can do it. Or, or if you want to read it just a little bit at a time, literally like you were reading a blog post at a time, um, you can do that too. And that, that's how I read. I read, you know, bits and pieces. I, I read blog posts one at a time. So that's, that's exactly what, what we did here. And, and frankly, it was a lot easier to write. I mean, I, you know, as well as anyone, Jay, that writing a book is like, 
it's like a hard thing to do. <laughs> it's a really hard thing to do. And, and for me, being able to sit down and write it one, essentially one, you know, little piece at a time ma- made it just far easier. A sense. And, and I may have to go that same route if I ever decide to write yet another book. This one, this one may take me out of the book business for a while, though. I don't know if I can, if I can do it again. One of the tips that I think is very, very applicable to our audience here of social media professionals is, is that you say in the book, it's more important to be interested than interesting. And I think that has huge implications for people running social media for companies who are trying to decide whether to to press send or not. Can you talk about that tip uh, and how you would apply that uh, in, a, in a social media context? Yeah, sure. So the, the idea is that at, at the end of the day, we really are all uh, selfish individuals in as much as the, the most important person to you is you and that's okay and after that the most important person to you is probably your your close friend your close family friends significant other etc and that's okay the a lot less important is probably the person that happens to be tweeting right now and so so if you're a, a, a an individual or a, or a representative of a brand that is using social media if you can pay more attention to your uh, customers and your followers and engage with them and ask them questions and be interested in them, genuinely interested, like not interested in order to get quickly to convert them to a landing page, but interested in actually understanding what they're about, um, actually understanding what they're into, just getting to know them better. I mean, if you, if you need to, you know, a lot of folks, um, think that's a little too touchy feely, right? So, so if you want to really put on like a marketing cap, a business cap on this thing, I would think of it as persona development, right? Like really get to know your audience and be super interested in who they are as individuals. And the, the amazing thing, the ironic thing, the catch 22 here is that they're going to be interested in you because of the fact that you're interested in them, not because of the fact that you have the coolest offer or the funniest tweet or the, you know, the most engaging picture. I mean, we can all play that game, and, and I do, right? That, like, who can create the best content in social media game? I get it. But, like, I- I- at the end of the day, if you can actually be interested in your own customers and prospects and their lives and their hopes and dreams and wishes, et cetera, then you'll find that they're going to be a lot more responsive to you. Well, and they can tell, too, right? You, you can't fake authenticity, uh, and that's what makes it so powerful, is that it can't be manufactured in a laboratory. There's a, a sort of I would consider to be a corollary tip in your book uh, that I think has a tremendous amount of of tie to what you and I talked about when I interviewed you for my book, Hug Your Hater, sort of the, the new world of customer service and customer service as a spectator sport. Uh, Adam does a lot of that kind of work uh, with his clients at Salesforce as well. And, and the tip is that it's better to be happy than right. And man, I love that one. There's a lot of life lessons in there as well. But I, I, I believe that one of the challenges that businesses have in customer service, especially in ratings and review sites, Yelp, TripAdvisor, et cetera, is that they feel the need to make sure that everybody knows they're right and the customer's wrong instead of just saying, okay, we accept your story for what your story is and let's just move on. Uh, talk about about that and how I, I know that hasn't always been your philosophy. It's, it's better to be happy than right. How did you sort of get there uh, and what does that mean for business? In a word, marriage <laughs> helped me get there. And, um, you know, the, the, rea- the reality is uh, you're totally right that people uh, in business, especially I find small businesses, I think that bigger brands are getting 
Well, no, I take that back. Really, brands of all sizes struggle with this because the small businesses, the owner wants to know that he or she is right. And then the big businesses, it, it's not it's not the CEO or the owner, it's the lawyers. <laughs> it's the legal right. team that wants to sort of make sure that you 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 put your stamp on that, that 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 we we are not liable and we are the correct party in this situation. And and my big thing is always like, you know. The word I'm sorry doesn't mean uh, there's an admission of guilt and liability. The, the word I'm sorry just means like I, I feel bad that that you're in this situation. And, you know, no matter what, no matter whether you are 100% sure you're right. And again, this could be in a, this could be face to face with your husband or wife or this could be on uh, Twitter or Yelp. You know, whether you're 100% right or not, you, you just have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You have to. And once you put yourself in the other person's shoes, and yeah, you know, I, I'm sure that this is along the, the the awesome vibe of Hug Your Haters as well. It's like, look, you got to meet them where they are. And this is where they are right now. They're not happy. They're not happy. So you can either insist that you're right, they're wrong, and, and you can go head to head on that. Or you can say, you know what? Regardless of who's right in the situation, I, I'm going to choose happiness and I'm going to choose to help you get, be, get happiness. And I, I'm going to do what it, what it takes. I'm going to hug my haters. I'm going to yeah. show you some love. I'm going to show you some compassion. I'm going to show you some empathy. Uh, if there's one theme in the whole book, it's really about empathy and, and, and truly walking in the other person's shoes. And I think that when you can do that, um, even if you're a you know a brand representative in social media and you have you have orders to you know hold the company line about something, if you can really truly walk in that other uh, in that other uh, a party's uh, uh, shoes, then it just makes it a lot easier to deal with things. Yeah, and a lot of companies just don't just don't give their employees permission to to do that, right? It's like you will use these canned responses, or you can only offer a customer this much, or you can't tell a customer, "I'm sorry." They they sort of policy the humanity out of the interaction, uh, and and that really is doing everybody a disservice on both sides. I, I want to shift just for a second. We'll talk more about the book, but I want to. I want to have you tell our listeners about Likeable and what you guys do and and how you use social media to attract new customers for Likeable uh, and and how you use social media to support the customers you already have. Cool. So, and I'm glad you you know you, you took the safe route of going with Likeable because there's frankly a little brand confusion out there. So, uh, so so in a, in a nutshell, you know, we've got two companies now. We started carrying my wife and I started a company together that's a, a called Likeable Media nine years ago, and that company works with big brands to generate content. We call it content as a service actually now. So on a month monthly basis, we generate content for um, awesome brands that you've heard of um, on social media. And we do a little community management and a lot of advertising to support that. Um, and then like a local, you know, three and a half years ago, I, I, I woke up one day and I said, you know, while it's cool that we're helping big companies on, in social media and content marketing, my real passion is in helping small businesses. And I was super frustrated with how small businesses couldn't really afford agencies like Likeable Media. So we started uh, Likeable Local, which is a software platform that does a lot of the work that Likeable Media does, but in a more automated software-focused way. So um, uh, think of us as a buffer or hoot suite on steroids, 
with a little HubSpot thrown in there. So uh, we do some listening, some content generation and distribution. We actually just uh, launched uh, Instagram along with Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn in our publishing suite. So that's pretty exciting. And then and then advertising. A, a key component to social media over the last several years has been uh, a key change has been advertising and the importance of advertising on Facebook and Twitter if you're going to really have your posts uh, uh, get seen by more people. And so we have a proprietary uh, aspect of our software called TurboPost uh, that turns every single post in our platform into a paid uh, ad on Facebook. But anyway, that's that's the quick sales pitch. Um, we are very, very into eating our own dog food. So uh, we put out a lot of eBooks, white papers, webinars, blog posts uh, from both companies. And we've been very, very fortunate that it, it, it actually really works. And we generate thousands of leads um, each month for Likeable Local. And we don't, we, we can't generate thousands of leads for Likeable Media because there, are, there just aren't thousands of big businesses. Uh, but we generate enough leads for Likeable Media from an inbound perspective to, to have built, um, you know, a couple of really nice, nice businesses. Um, and, and, and I think that we are, frankly, living proof that social media can work not just to, to build brand and, and, and build uh, sentiment and build awareness, but to, to actually move uh, prospects through the funnel and, and, and drive them into your, your, your lead base, your, your CRM, which in my case is Salesforce, of course. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank you. Dave, I want to ask you a question, one question, but I would love to hear your answer kind of in the two things that, that we're talking about here. One, as it relates to uh, to Likeable, but also uh, to your new book, The Art of People, 11 uh, Simple People Skills That Will Get Everything You Want. One of the analogies I often use on uh, on this podcast is this idea of art and science, that to be effective in social media, and I would love to hear, Dave, in, in life, you have to do both. You know, from a, from a social standpoint, you've got to have the right technology but you've got to have the right storytelling. And my question is, isn't that the way kind of people skills are too? There's some learned inherent skills that you kind of have to have, but there's also kind of the softer side of, again, being a better communicator and having those people skills as you interact with, with others, whether it's online or offline. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. There is absolutely an art and a science to 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 both social media and 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 and, and the art of people and people skills. And that's that's that that was exactly the um, the the kind of story arc behind my uh, uh, th- you know three books in succession with with likable social media and likable business and now art of people because I, I wanted to bring those those um, those skills to life and and you know just because something is an art doesn't mean that it can't be learned right i mean the the the, the reality is um i'm not a very good uh uh visual artist okay if you ask me to paint something um i couldn't do a very good job i think my 12 year old daughter could do a much better job of painting something than i could however if i sat down and i read a book on painting and then I practiced painting every day, I would become a better painter. And after a while, even though it is absolutely an art, I could become a much, much better painter. Well, I believe the same thing can be said for people skills. And I, and I think, you know, my argument in the book is that people skills are absolutely essential and really valuable. And frankly, no matter how good our people skills are, we can get better 
every single day. So, um, so, so the purpose of the book is to help think about, okay, so what are these skills and how can we practice them and how can we get better? And, and, I, and I say we because I, I put myself in that mix. You know, Just because I wrote the book on people skills doesn't mean I don't still get into fights with my wife and still go toe-to-toe with some of my management staff and still have all the same issues that we all have in dealing with other people. But the idea, of course, is to get just a little bit better each day at dealing with these things as they come. I love that because I think I'm oftentimes kind of the same way that as a visual uh, creative person, I'm not as well. In fact, I remember back and it might have been grammar school or high school, a book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Does everybody remember that book? And I know one of the exercises had you actually turn a portrait that you were trying to emulate upside down so that your right brain was doing the drawing rather than your left brain. So you drew things as you saw them rather than as you perceived them. And you were able to draw so much better. So Dave, maybe, you know, maybe your book is much, much that same way. It's that way of using both art and science to learn, to learn those, those people skills. I want to ask another question about the book. And a, a question that, that, that comes to me is, do you believe that, that social media hurts or helps people's professional communication skills. You hear a lot of kind of controversy that people today don't communicate as well in person or in in textual format because everything is abbreviated and abridged. Are you seeing that or is it is it quite the opposite? It's a great question and um first time I've ever been asked it a- asked it so I'm very excited. Um uh, yes, the answer is yes. It hurts and it helps. Um I think that that it 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 definitely Hurts in certain areas. Um, my my entire staff. I'm looking out right now at my staff at like of a local. All right, we've got 35 people. Um, probably 30 of them are like really, really squarely in the you know the so-called millennial uh, bracket. And I have to tell you guys, they don't know how to use the telephone. Like they really don't actually know how to use the telephone to talk. Like they only know how to use the telephone to text and Snapchat and, you know, and, and, and tweet. And, um, there, there's, there's actually a real gap in phone skills for some people now. And so that, that is a problem. But at the same time, you know, the reality is things Things change. The way people communicate changes. The way people communicate face-to-face changes as a result of changing times and technology. And so I think that um, social media, one of, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Twitter fan, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of uh, your uh, audience is, is huge Twitter fans. Maybe outside your audience, not, not as many Twitter fans, unfortunately, but certainly, you know, the people listening to the social pros are, 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 are likely Twitter fans. You're preaching huge, to the choir. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a huge Twitter fan. And one of the real, I, I haven't read a lot about this. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, I didn't put this in this book, but I really believe that Twitter has made people more concise. Like, I know it's made me more concise. And con- conciseness is a real underrated uh, skill in communication. I mean, I, I, people can be so long-winded and it's like not cool. Whereas I know like without a shadow of a doubt that Twitter has made me more concise and articulate in my communication. So that's one example of a way that it has surely helped. I think you're right. I think it's been the evolution, at least for me. I think when everybody began using Blackberries uh, at work, you know, you began to realize that if you're going to speak to your manager or an executive in the organization, you basically had to do it in one Blackberry scroll. If someone had to scroll two times on the Blackberry, nothing going. Uh, you, you had to, you had to do it. And then, of course, 
Twitter kind of takes it even a f- one further step uh, from there. So uh, I, I really like that. Kind of to the point you brought up about your uh, about your crew, and it's probably much like my team at Salesforce and uh, and Jay's team as well. You know, we we often talk about the distinctions between Gen Xers and uh, and millennials, and the differences in how they approach relationships, how they approach work, how they even approach thinking. Are you finding, as you did research for this book, Dave? Uh, the art of people, 11 simple people skills that will get you everything you want. Are there people skills where millennials are stronger or, or weaker, uh, in your opinion? Yeah, good question. Um, I didn't do a lot of research on sort of by, by age, um, but just, you know, off the top of my head, thinking about it, I think that millennials are um, not as attentive um, perhaps again, I'm speculating, but you know, I, I am a, a huge, huge fan of the importance of listening. We already talked about that a little bit. And I think that the, 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 the sort of generation that millennials have grown up in is, is, is that whole like very, very fast moving short attention span, uh, generation. And so I would speculate that perhaps they're a little bit uh, more challenged at at sitting down and listening in a, for for a longer period of time to someone, um, but uh, but again that 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 that's speculation. And and look, I love my millennials, so uh, they 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 are super uh, cool and driven and mission focused and here to help me change the world. So you know, I'll take the short attention span for the other cool stuff that I get. Yeah, I mean, maybe it gets to that point of being more concise, uh, of being able to tighten up the the messages. But I, I, I I'm excited to to see the um, your enthusiasm and uh, and the reception of your book from from people all kind of across the uh, the age uh, age spectrum. Yeah, you know the book the book as a you know as a as a as a kind of rule of. What we're going for here is is a much more updated version of an absolute business classic, right? How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that's yeah. it's one of my favorite books of all time. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. But it was written, you know, a long time ago now. And 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 the reality is that so much of how we communicate um has changed that I just thought that it would be the book is definitely not about social media. I mean, there's there maybe four or five chapters that talk on it, but but it's not about social media. But the the reality is, social media and 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 and, and mobile phones and so many other things have changed the way it's we about communicate. People. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, absolutely. Hey, one thing that you you had in the book, it wasn't really a chapter um, about this, but I really liked the you included as like a, a photo is the one page strategic plan. Uh, and I love the way you had that formatted. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit and how you incorporate that in, into your business? I thought it was really great. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk first about kind of why it made the book, and then I'll, I'll just riff on it. Um, so uh, it made the book uh, in a chapter about uh, the power of transparency. And um, I'm a huge fan of transparency. And we, we, so we literally have our business plan Posted up on the wall for uh, any any uh, uh, staff person to see, any customer to see, any prospect to see, prospective employees. You know, we, we actually I actually interviewed somebody the other day that was working for one of our competitors, and I'm sitting there, and they're sitting in the room with the business plan up on the wall, and I'm thinking this is kind of crazy right now, but all right, you know, I've 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 gone with it, I'm embracing it, so so there it is. So, um, 
So that's the that's the reason that it's in the book, and the the, the, the business plan itself is based on uh, one of my favorite people, uh, Vern Harnish, is a founder of a group called the Entrepreneurs Organization. He's also a, a fellow author, has written some awesome books, and uh, he uh, came up with this concept of a one page strategic plan. And and you know we talked about the power of conciseness earlier. The idea here is people do these business plans that are like so thick, and you can barely you know get through them and understand them, and you know. If you, if you if you don't have a business plan that you can put on one sheet of paper, then then there's a problem. And so it's really about keeping things simple and straightforward, and and, and getting your key you know KPIs and core values and mission and and uh, goals for the quarter and for the year all on one uh, one one piece of paper. Now, mind you, that piece of paper when we blow it up is pretty huge on on our wall, but it's still nothing like what you would think of as a as a more traditional business plan. And yeah, we've been using one-page strategic business plans now for probably 5 years and across both of our companies and um it's really nice because really everyone in the company at a glance can can understand what we're up to and what what the plan is. Yeah, I thought a lot of people who are working in social have to kind of figure out what is their social media plan for the year. Uh, could could really uh, could really use that. It'd be it'd be super useful for them. We'll we'll link it up in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I I, I want to uh, ask you about is you're a big proponent in the handwritten thank you note. Uh, I love the way you do that. I've gotten a handwritten thank you note from from you in the past and remember it fondly. Um, it seems to me like there is a tie between the handwritten thank you note and it being unexpected now in today's business and even personal world uh, and and the surprise and delight campaigns that so many people try to execute in social media where you reward a customer in an unexpected way with some sort of uh, amazing thing in the hopes that they uh, will enjoy it and talk about it and it will create a viral effect, etc. Um, can you talk about your thank you note policy and, and also... If you see that as a similar circumstance, sort of thank you notes in the offline world and surprise and delight campaigns in social media. Totally. So, um, so absolutely. Thank you notes have always been uh, a great way to, um, to show gratitude, get people's attention, be more memorable. But it, it's actually, they're actually far better now than they were 10, 20 years ago because, because you do stand out more because frankly, people are lazier and busier and, and are almost always gonna, gonna take the route of the email thank you and the, the, you know, the text thank you, et cetera. But you know, if you guys, the listeners right now are anything like me, you probably have a pretty full inbox. So when you get an email thank you, it's kind of like, uh, all right, fine. <laughs> but, but you know, you're, you're just filling up my inbox. Whereas, whereas the only, the only thing mail we get anymore is like bills and spam and like catalogs and whatnot. So when you actually get a, uh, a handwritten thank you card, it's, it's, it, it, it really is meaningful. Um, and to your point in terms of surprise and delight, I've been a huge fan of Surprise and Delight, written about that in my previous books, and it's uh, in terms of social media, and it's a wonderful way to cut through the clutter, and uh, I'll I'll tell you as an example, as a story, I mean, I think you guys obviously um, can can understand this as as, uh, so-called influencers or whatever, like the, um, the, it becomes harder and harder to surprise and delight people that kind of have a lot of stuff, right? So, Recently, I just got an invitation um, from a museum opening up called the Museum of the Bible in 2017 um, to uh, go on a trip with them to um, to Israel and Italy 
to uh, tour like historical religious um, sites. So I'm heading there in a couple of weeks, right right before the book launch. It's kind of crazy, but I'm spending a week in Israel and Italy, and it's like I, I'm going to be the the museum's biggest proponent after that. I mean, for goodness sake, they're like sending me on this incredible trip, and um, it does it does really work. Surprise and delight really um, has an, an enormous impact on on uh, on prospects and, and customers, and if you can reach the right people and give them the right awesomeness, you know, you're going to, you're going to change their lives and you're going to, you know, help your bottom line. Uh, speaking of helping the bottom line, I'll take a second to thank this week's sponsor to the Big Social Pros podcast, named the 2015 Best Marketing Podcast in the Content Marketing Awards. This week, as always, brought to you by our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, who have the eternal wisdom to continue to pay Adam to be their executive strategist. They have a free downloadable ebook that you should consider, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy. Uh, all kinds of interesting facts, tidbits, and research for how to maximize customer journeys throughout the social ecosystem, both internal and external. Grab it at convinceandconvert.com slash 27. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 27. Thanks as always to Salesforce. Also this week brought to you by our pals at Emma, uh, who have a really interesting report as well called The Simple Psychology Behind a Great Call to Action. So we ask ourselves these questions all the time. Hey, what's the best color for your submit button? Should it be red? Should it be green? Should it be yellow? What copy gets more clicks? All those kind of questions about what actually converts, they help you figure it out in why we click, the psychology behind a great call to action. You're going to learn a lot about brain science and the kind of things you should do in landing pages and forums, social media, and beyond. Go to myemma.com slash click. That's myemma, E-M-M-A, myemma.com slash click. Thanks so much to our friends at Emma. And this week, also brought to you by our friends at Yext, whose CMO is former Social Pros co-host Jeffrey K. Roars Esquire. Big news from our pals at Yext. They just announced that Google is now part of their Power Listings Network. So as a result, you can now use Yext's award-winning location management platform to manage all of your location data across Google, Google Maps, Google Search, also Facebook, Apple Maps, Bing, Yahoo, Yelp, and over 100 other maps, apps, and search engines. So look, if you have any sort of physical locations in your business, if you're a restaurant, if you're a retailer, if you're anything that has a lot of physical locations, you've got to get your mobile data straight. If it's not, it really frustrates your customers. You're losing a ton of money as a result. Get it sorted out. Talk to Yext. All kinds of deals right now on this new feature. It's awesome. Go to offers.yext.com slash socialpros1. Let me do that to you again. Offers.yext.com slash socialpros, the number one, to get more information about that. Thanks, as always, to Salesforce, Emma, and Yext for sponsoring the big show. Adam, back to you. Dave Kirpin, it's great to have you on uh, on the show with your new book, The Art of People, 11 Simple People Skills That Will Get You Everything You Want. And typically in this part of the show, we ask kind of what we call, Jay and I call the origin story. How did you get here? And I want to ask you something a little bit different. And it's it's similar. You know, I'm in a lucky position here because I get to talk to people like you and Jay. And I'm sitting here virtually with both of you 
both of you, New York Times bestselling authors and really, really, truly influences, influencers here. And when I interviewed Jay a, a couple of weeks back for, for his new book, I, I asked him a similar question, Dave, that I want to ask you. And that is, there are so many people out there. There may even be people in our audience who have always said, you know, I want to write a book. I, I know something about this particular topic. I want to get a book. And I'm curious kind of what your your work ethic is and how you actually go about from going from I want to write a book to actually publishing a book. How did that get start? How do you keep diligent on actually writing pages that turn into chapters that turn, in, turn into sections? And I'm also curious what you kind of learned about yourself as you uh, as you wrote The Art of People. Awesome. So a bunch of questions there. And one of my, one of my most enthusiastic, excited uh, topics, actually. So first, before I tell you any of sort of my secrets, let me share that one of my favorite things to do in life is to help fellow authors uh, or, and frankly, wannabe authors go from, you know, an idea to getting a book deal or self-publishing to getting on the New York Times bestseller list, um, uh, et cetera. So, uh, so any anyone literally anyone out there that's listening that wants to have some mentoring and help around that I have this uh, uh, this 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 link I'm just put it out there for for the for the world scheduledave.com and I, I have office hours where I help folks with anything and certainly anyone that wants to write a book um, go to scheduledave.com and I will do a, a little free mentoring session for you um, in terms of writing a books it's it's the hardest. I think it's it's very close with fundraising from from investors. The hardest things that I've ever done professionally. My first book, uh, it knocked me out. It was really really hard. I remember uh, I was always distracted, and I, and I went um, I went to the Hamptons one weekend, you know, away in very very secluded spot in, in the e- end of Long Island, and I was in this big house all alone for a whole weekend. And I was like, all right, here I'm gonna I'm gonna write. It's time. I'm gonna be focused. I'm gonna write. Okay, so I'm writing about a social media. Let me just let me just get that wireless internet turned on here, and then, ooh, six hours later, I had just killed all that time. So it's really, really hard, and 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 eventually, I, I chunked it out, and that's how I did it. I chunked it out on the first book. The second book, I had two co-authors, so that 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 helped a lot. And then this this recent book, The Art of People. I'll tell you a funny story. I don't think I told you this, Jay. You know, here, here, here is exactly how I did this. I was about a third of the book done, and I was really struggling with like procrastinating and focusing. And I realized that the number one way that I would get distracted would be on my phone, right? Email, social, uh, even stupid games like Words with Friends. And so I, I ended up killing two birds with one stone, and I wrote the second two thirds of my book. Uh, live streaming. So I actually put on Periscope, Meerkat, and uh, I, I would live stream. I had, I had, I had twelve hundred people at one point, literally sitting there watching me like write. And of course, I would say out loud what I was writing, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Hopefully, it wasn't too too boring. But the cool thing was, it, it was twofold. First, the fact that there were people watching really kept me accountable because, like, I couldn't like just like goof off and stop writing because I was, you know. The, I was. They were tuning in to watch me write, and then secondly, perhaps more important, like the um, the live streaming apps were running from my phone, so I could I couldn't actually grab my phone and do email or social media or words with friends because uh, it was in the middle of a live stream, and it actually worked. It worked really well, so I'm super excited. You know, I know that Jay, having just been through this uh, 
book experience again. We're, we're in the phase where we're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to do this again. But at some point, if I do, you know, write another book, uh, it'll totally, uh, I'm totally going to live stream the writing again because it, it really helped me get it done. <laughs> That's a super fascinating idea. Uh, I, I love that. I should have, I should have uh, made that happen. I actually considered it. Uh, I considered it kind of live streaming the whole process, but then somebody who's not as smart as you, Dave, said, oh, that'll be too boring. No one's going to want to watch that. So I didn't do it. So, damn it. <laughs> well, listen, there, there, you know, you know what the thing with live streaming is a lot of people tune in and tune out. So that's fine. But that's as long fun. as I had at least at least a few people watching, it was enough to keep me accountable. And ultimately, that's I mean, that's the big challenge, yeah. um, Adam, with writing a book. It's like you, 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 you're sitting there and you have to be totally focused and totally disciplined and totally accountable to yourself or to your editor, you know, publisher, et cetera. And it's just, a, it's a really hard thing to do. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like business. I, I do a lot of entrepreneurship talks and, and podcasts and whatnot. And it's like, you know, a lot of people have ideas. The hard part is actually making that idea happen. Yeah. It's the same thing with a book. A lot of people have ideas for a book. The hard part is actually making it happen. But I, I really, I will encourage everyone out there that has a book in them to go for it. Um, self-publishing has rendered this, this, uh, process way, way, way easier than, than it's ever been in the past. And so, you know, you know, you can do it. Hey, one thing I want to ask you, Dave, is, is you have uh, indicated in the past that you might at some point be interested in running for office. Is that, is that, a, is that a real thing? Uh, obviously, it's an exciting political time right now in the U.S. Uh, are we going to see uh, Mayor Kirpin at some point or Congressman Kirpin or Senator Kirpin or Governor Kirpin? What is your, what's your plan? Yeah, so you know, I ran, I, I dabbled, I almost, I, I did run for New York City Council uh, uh, several years ago, and I ended up dropping out of the race and um, focusing on my family and, and and our businesses. But I raised the raised some money, which I still have available. And you know, I I, I had this amazing life changing experience um, a few years ago on a plane. I met this guy. Uh, who turned out to be a senator. His name was uh, Frank Lautenberg, and he was a senator out of New Jersey who had an amazing 25-year career in the Senate. Um, He wrote the No Smoking on Airlines bill. He wrote the... um, the uh, uh, 21 age of consent to drink bill, like some really amazing stuff. But unbeknownst to me, before his Senate career, as I would learn, he he started a little company called ADP, which um, you know is now wow. <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest payroll companies in the world. He took the company public. He had this amazing career in business, followed by an amazing career in government, and and you know he he really inspired me. And so uh, between you know Lautenberg and guys like Bloomberg, you know my, I would love 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 to um, you know cont- I have a lot of work to do still here in, in business with Likeable, but um, you know I'd be thrilled at some point to uh, to run for office. And and I, I don't know that I could make it as a legislator, so I think I'd have to be uh, go executive. And um, I probably don't have the the um, the uh, uh, lineage for, for, for president. So, uh, you know, but governor of New York would be super cool and, uh, and, and, and we'll see, uh, lots of work to do in the meantime. Well, we'll let Jerry have the, have the, Gary can have the jets and you can be the governor. We'll take that. Uh, Exactly. Deal. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to ask you the two questions that we ask every guest here on the big social pros podcast. Uh, but before I do that, uh, and I want to tie this into one of the tips in your book, you talked, uh, about the big two questions, uh, that, that there are two or three questions that you think people should, uh, ask, uh, when they first meet, when they have just a bit of a little time. And you, you actually learned this from our mutual friend, Larry. And I want to tell you, have you tell that story and then I'll ask you the two questions that we ask uh, every guest. 
Sure. So, so I'm at uh, Social Media Marketing World uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, great conference. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know it. And and uh, I think Larry was the first keynote, and uh, I think you and I both keynoted that uh, later on that that same conference. But we. Um, so Larry gets up there and, you know, he's talking about networking and he, he's like, all right, so you're going to turn to the person next to you. And he gave us a couple questions to say. And they were like, not the questions that you typically meet, say, when you meet someone. Typically, you know, you're like, all right, where are you from? What do you do? You know, are you married? Like those types of questions. But Larry had us saying, you know, what are you most, pat- what, what project, upcoming project are you most excited about? Uh, and what charity do you care the most about and why? And like really deep stuff. And I, it really worked. I still remember the stuff that the Scott, the guy next to me was talking about. And I, I barely talked to him since years ago. So my point in the book is like, if we can cut through some of the crap and, um, you know, kind of, uh, tone down the the weather discussion and and think about some real questions that can get people talking about things that they're really interested in things that really have meaning for them um you can go a lot deeper really quickly and 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 get to know people at a much deeper level and feel more connected to them and have them feel more connected to you and um and then you know ultimately you can take your relationships to a much much better place so i'm really thankful to larry for for teaching me that lesson and 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 i've used it and you know Occasionally, I'll, 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 um, you know, I'll do it, and people will be like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" And I'll just say, "Look, this is a lesson I learned from this guy. Bear with me. It's kind of, you know, it'll work. You know, you'll, you'll like it, and um, and it does work." So, so that's my caveat in the book too. I say, "Look, you know, if you're going to go for this, uh, you can always use the book as a crutch and say, look, hey, I just read this book. This crazy guy said to to try <laughs> yeah, this.' So, so, so here, exactly, exactly. So, so here, yeah. here, here goes nothing. And I think that'll, that'll make it easier for, for people to swallow when you, you know, you're asking the person on the train, uh, next to you, uh, some of these. What, what charities questions. do you support? Yeah. Yeah. But you know exactly. what? We, we, we waste so much time with small talk. Uh, you're exactly right. And Larry Benet is a unbelievable, uh, networker, probably the best I know. So we'll make sure to link up, uh, to his website in the show notes as well. So with that introduction, here's the two questions that we ask every guest uh, on Social Pros. First one, what one tip, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? Um, so, so practice. Um, you know, this is like we talked about earlier uh, uh, in terms of if you want to be a painter, then you got to you got to practice painting a lot. If you want to be a social pro, you got to you got to practice and, and, and play the game. And uh, there's still so much opportunity. There's still so many high ranking executives that have no clue whatsoever, which gives you the listener an amazing opportunity. If you practice, if you write on LinkedIn, if you listen on Twitter, if you post on Facebook, if you snap on Snapchat, like like just do it. Spend some real time with it, and 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 I think that that'll help you um, become a pro. Well said. Uh, last question for you, Dave Kirpin, author of the brand new book, The Art of People, CEO of Likeable Local, chairman of Likeable Media, is if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be? Yeah, great question. Uh, it would be Oprah. 
I'm a big, big fan of hers. Uh, we, we tried, you know, you, Jay, you know, you know the Blurber game and uh, how fun and interesting that is. And so we put this book out. I'm really, really thrilled with the blurbs that we got on, on, on Art of People, but we did have uh, a couple of rejections. And um, unfortunately, Oprah was one of them, but that's cool. Um, at some point, she is still on my list because I just think she is absolutely brilliant what she's done. Um, m- most recently, I mean, obviously, the, an amazing, amazing career, but most recently, as a guy that struggled with weight all my life, like, and, and it's on the gluten free, you know, kind of uh, uh, that sort of kick to see her come in, you know, get purchase, uh, uh, you know, a, a significant stake in Weight Watchers and then and then make an ad that says I eat bread every day and I'm loving I've lost 20 pounds. I just think she is she is an absolute genius. And I, I would love to, uh, to to chat with her. Well, she what's amazing about Oprah, I think, is you have you see somebody who has so much success and I can't think of anybody who has that much success who owns their failures the way she does. It's such a great lesson for us all um, to be like, look, quit fronting, quit pretending that you don't have problems, quit curating yourself, quit only posting perfect pictures to Facebook. Uh, and, and if you've got something that you're not great at, own it. You'll feel better and maybe you can actually get some help with whatever it is you need help with. That's one of the things that I think is so attractive about Snapchat as a platform. I've been using it a lot more lately. In fact, I was just snapping behind the scenes of us recording the show. And, and what I like about it is that you don't have to have a good picture. You don't have to have a perfect shot. It's not Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's here's what's actually happening in my life. And I look like shit and that's okay. And it's really freeing and really liberating. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Probably my favorite chapter personally of Art of People is a chapter called Crying is for Winners. And the idea is that vulnerability actually is a competitive advantage that most people don't take advantage of. But if you can get vulnerable with the people that are important to you, you know, uh, uh, you're right. Oprah's done a ph- phenomenal job of it, and uh, um, it's hard. It's really hard for men, especially. But like getting in touch with your 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 real self, your authentic, vulnerable self, it it, it, it will have an impact on people and um, and 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 d- deeply connect you to them. Yeah, and so will this book. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. It was fantastic. Friends of the program, uh, do me a favor uh, and do yourself a favor. Go get a copy of The Art of People. Uh, where should they do that, Dave? Uh, any bookstore, of course, um, Amazon, uh, but they're, they're, but uh, the, our publisher, Crown, has done an amazing job. Super, super grateful to Crown. So they, they should be, in fact, in bookstores everywhere, even globally, Jay. I, 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 I am supposedly allowed to say that. And, and you know, obviously with the social media thing, um, I live my life in social. So, uh, one of my personal core values is responsiveness. So if anyone has questions, comments, concerns, uh, complaints, uh, et cetera, please, please, please feel free to, to hit me up in social. And I respond to every single person that, uh, does have a question or comment. So at Dave Kirpin on pretty much every platform. And, uh, I'm really happy to connect and chat with anyone. Thanks so much. I appreciate you being here. Uh, the book will make you a better social media professional, but perhaps more importantly, it'll make you a better person. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that. Dave, congratulations on, uh, on knocking out of the park. We appreciate your time. Adam, fantastic to have you as always. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week for a huge boffo social pros podcast uh, with Lee from Mayo Clinic. We're going to talk all about how Mayo Clinic uses social media to accomplish an amazing amount of stuff um, in in social and beyond, actually. So it's going to be a terrific show. Tune in for that one. Meanwhile, thanks so much to everybody who listens. Uh, As I mentioned, we've been getting all kinds of accolades and new audience members lately. So thanks to everybody. If you haven't had a chance to leave us a review uh, on iTunes or something like that, we would sure appreciate you taking 30 seconds to do that. It would uh, mean a lot to Adam and to me. So if you get a chance, uh, please 
take care of that at some point, I would be so grateful. Uh, until next week, he is Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. And this, my friends, this has been Social Pros. Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. 